A businessman was describing his career to a young friend. It's not easy to get ahead in this world. As a boy, I started out at the very bottom. I struggled, worked, sweated, climbing the ladder of life hand over hand, rung by rung. And you made a great success, inquired the listener. Well, not exactly, said the businessman, but I'm the best ladder climber in this neck of the woods. From the time most of us are very young, we are supported, encouraged, and challenged to succeed. Striving for success is one of the great values of life. Yes, as we know, if we are going to get ahead in life, it takes a lot of hard work. Laziness does not factor into the equation of success. There is always a cost. Yes, most people long to succeed, to achieve, to accomplish. And if our goals are to be achieved, we know there is a cost in the process. To live in the kind of homes we live in, to drive the kind of cars we drive, and to have the kind of social life we have involves a cost. And many of us work pretty hard to have those things for ourselves and our families. Christopher Morley stated, There is only one success, to be able to spend your life in your own way. The goal, the fulfillment of life, is to spend your life in your own way. Or is it? That certainly is the way we're conditioned. I mean, after all, who doesn't look out for number one? But you know, there's a strange irony that comes with success, and it is this. Thanks to your success, you now have something to lose. Part of growing up in this country is the sense of Striving for upward mobility, chasing the American dream, as it were, that each generation will be better off than the previous one. And so it goes on and on. And if we're honest, I doubt there's a person listening this morning, myself included, who hasn't been pulled by the lure of the upward mobility. But for, day, for, but for today, I would like us to look at the downward climb. The downward climb. We are traveling this Lenten season through a series of sermons entitled Journey, Journeys, Jesus, Jerusalem, and You. In today's society, there are many people who live with a void within. Something is definitely missing, and so they are constantly searching for something to fill it. This emptiness seems to cut across class, culture, race, and gender. Having greater success, having climbed the ladder higher, does not assure filling the hole in the soul. I suspect that for many, the problem is a spiritual one. Not acknowledging God in your life would tend to leave you empty within. But the problem is greater still. 
I am convinced there are a great deal of lukewarm Christians who believe in God and even go to church, but still find their lives lacking. Perhaps even we have felt that way at times or are feeling that way right now. See if you can sense the poignancy of of this query of a young student to the learned rabbi. Rabbi, why is it that in ancient times people saw God, but today hardly anyone sees God? Came the reply, because no one will stoop so low. Wow. I don't know about you, but that hits me right between the eyes. Theodore Parker Ferris, a wonderful clergyman, wrote of a time when he visited a leper community in Africa. This was some years ago. Though he wasn't a sheltered person, he was overcome with the revulsion when he watched one of the nurses wrapping the leg of an old man upon which stood numerous bleeding sores. It's revolting. It's gruesome. It's repulsive, he said. And before she had finished, I almost became sick. And when she had completed the dressing, he said to her, I wouldn't do that for $20,000. And she said, neither would I. Neither would I. You see, some people do know how to see. There are so many resistances to that kind of seeing. It isn't pleasant. It isn't usually fun. But so often we hesitate or avoid stooping low enough to see true suffering in our brothers and sisters, and so we seldom see God. A man of poverty came and approached a wealthy man and asked for help. And he said, the rich man said to his assistant, he said, look at this, this poor guy, his, his pants have holes in him, his shoes have holes in him. He smells like he hasn't bathed for a long time. It breaks my heart to see such misery. Get him out of here. Friends, as Christians, we can never say it is his or her fault. Let him or her suffer for it. If Christ had taken that line, where would our hope be? No, if there are those around us who would belittle others or who are repulsed by certain kinds of people, We would do well to tell them we don't appreciate their comments, or we would do well not to remain in their presence. Putting others down is a false way of putting ourselves up. If you want to succeed in the ways of the world, then don't use Jesus as your model. For just as the world is always pushing for for upward mobility, Jesus clearly offers the downward climb of service. Hear these indicting words of Nikos Kazantzakis as he frames them in the dialogue he puts in his novel, Report to Greco. You're to blame! You, she screamed. You and everyone like you, the well-meaning, well-fed, and indifferent. You need to know hunger and cold, to have children who are hungry and cold, to want to work and be refused work. That's what I expected from you, not this sauntering from city to city to gape at museums and old churches and when you weep 
and when you weep, when you look at the stars, because they seem so very pretty or awesome. Poor fool, just lower your gaze. Look at the children dying at your feet. It's sad, but true. We do live in a world of dying children. And for the most part, the magnitude of the problem tends to produce apathy. Are we not called to turn our hearts in the downward climb to see and be touched by the tremendous suffering going on in the world around us? I just have to tell you that the gospel turns the values of the world upside down. During this Lenten season, pursuing journeys, Jesus, Jerusalem, and you, as we seek to find our way, as we seek to follow Christ's way. While today's theme is nothing new, it is nonetheless one of the most challenging aspects of our faith. And so we encounter the all-too-familiar story of the Good Samaritan that Jim read for us. We scorn the Levite and the priest who passed by the man who had fallen among thieves and was left for dead on the road to Jericho. But how many times have we passed like those two on the road who had the opportunity to help someone in need and didn't? Now, there are two important facts you need to know about this story of the Good Samaritan. First, in the eyes of Jews, Samaritans were an inferior race, religion, and class. They were impure. Jesus lived in a time when ethnic cleansing would have been strongly advocated. And yet, as he told the parable of the Good Samaritan, it was the Samaritan who proved to be a good neighbor to the man in need. So putting it simply, the Jews of Jesus' day would have been offended to hear that a Samaritan was good and that he was used to illustrate a positive point in one of Jesus' parables. The second fact you need to know is that the road from Jerusalem to Jericho is just a little less than 17 miles, but it drops more than 3,400 feet. I've been there. It is a downward road from Jerusalem to Jericho. You see, this story is all about the downward climb. What is the great commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus then said to the man who had approached him, as he would say to us as well this morning, who proved neighbor? Who did the will of God? And then he said, do this. Show that kind of mercy and you will live. The Good Samaritan was journeying the downward climb. He saw a man who was down, and he was moved with deep compassion. But he didn't stop there. He approached the man. 
He responded. He bound up his wounds and gave up his own means of transportation, and he took care of the man. And he continued to see that he was cared for beyond that moment. He said to the folks at the local hospital, here's some money, take care of him, and if you need more, I'll be back to pay the rest of the cost later. Friends, that's a different kind of paying the cost than paying the cost of success. He was not interested in meeting important people or doing important things that day. He did what was important to the one who was down. That's the downward climb of service. My hunch is that Samaritan who proved to be a good neighbor didn't have a hole in his soul because he was not engaged in empty living but the love-filled living of service. Jesus did not come only to proclaim the kingdom of God. He also came to give himself to its realization. He came to serve, to heal, to bind up wounds. Jesus himself lived as an exceptional good Samaritan. God in Christ stoops down to us in our need, in our difficulty, and in our sorrow. He extends himself for us, and he asks no less of us in serving others. That's not only what God does and asks. That's how God chooses to reveal God's self to us. The downward climb is not the way of the world, an upward mobility. But it is a movement toward God as God really is. A God who came not to rule but to serve. In service, we meet and know the serving Christ. I know there are times when many of us feel like we have paid our dues and that now it's somebody else's turn for serving. But I just have to tell you that's self-serving. As long as we have life and breath and health and capacity to function, we are called by the serving one to serve. To serve. If we do not engage in the downward climb of service, then our lives are just one big escape. And there will always be a void within. There's a stockbroker in San Francisco who rises every morning early and makes ten sandwiches. And on his way to the office, he stops and gives them to the homeless who are sleeping in Union Square. That man was engaged in the downward climb at 6 o'clock in the morning. Not because it looked good, but because it was good. He knew what was good to do for God's children in need. Journeys. Jesus. Jerusalem and you. What will it be for you and for me? We come to church to worship God and be nourished in Christian community. And we go from church to share in the downward climb of service. Not to look down on people, but to see people who are down and offer our help. And so I want to close with words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that wonderful pastor in Germany 
who resisted, was in the concentration camp, and killed just a few days before it was liberated. Here's what Bonhoeffer said. There remains an experience of incomparable, incomparable value to see the great events of world history from below, from the perspective of the outcast, the suspects, the maltreated, the powerless, the oppressed, the reviled, in short, from the perspective of those who suffer, to look with new eyes on matters great and small. And so we will be different when we leave today if it is Christ who leads us from this place in the downward climb of service. May it be so.